0: Welcome back to the show. Today we are speaking with Jason Sircone. Jason is a podcast guesting strategist. So if you have ever wanted to be on a podcast, he has so much that he's going to share with you today. And I think this is actually a really important episode right now. Maybe I'm seeing it more, but I certainly am getting a lot of different applications coming into the podcast. And there are times that I'm like, I wish I had time to teach you how to apply to a podcast with a better chance of getting on the show. And this is exactly what Jason does. So in this episode, he is sharing how to understand, outline the components of your story, how to put it together, how to be a valuable guest for a podcast, and how to best pitch yourself to shows. And that does not include, I love how he says this, spraying and praying. Literally, my inbox is full of spraying and praying, and that is not going to connect you to the shows. He also shares how our brand is supposed to and is continuing to evolve. So allow it to evolve, shift, change, grow as we grow ourselves and in our business. And you can learn how to stand out by letting your authentic voice and message be seen and heard. Jason is a personal brand architect, podcast guesting strategist, author, voiceover talent, and experienced podcaster. He helps value-driven coaches and consultants establish authority status and become thought leaders in their niche through strategic podcast guest appearances. He is also the voice of the Evolution of Brand, a podcast featuring authentic entrepreneurs and professionals Sharing brand building strategies to help you succeed in your professional pursuits, as well as a contributing author to the best selling Pod Match Guest Mastery book. This is a fantastic episode. And honestly, you know how much I believe in the power of podcasting and how it can truly connect you to so many incredible people and your ideal clients. But it requires being able to pitch properly and once you get on the show, being able to share as best as you can that can support the listeners of that show. So if this is your area, this is definitely the episode you want to listen to. Welcome to the show today, Jason. I'm thrilled to have you here.
1: Marcia, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, we just had a conversation last week on your show, and I love this power of podcasting and how many people we get to connect with.
1: Me too. I mean, to me, this is the best part of podcasting, and you get to meet so many phenomenal people and have just absolutely captivating conversations if you approach it with that in mind, and you don't try to treat it as a transaction. There's really so much that can be gained just from the people you meet and the relationships that you build. You never know what can happen.
0: Yeah, isn't that true? And I think you just, you tipped on something there about not being transactional. Like so many people are very transactional in their thinking. Like I did this for them. When will they do something for, and like, oh my God, you can't, because things come back in such strange ways. And I will share something later on where it just, you know, your content, your connections, you never ever know when it's going to cross someone else's path. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean, if, yeah, if you're not in that, it's, it's the servant's mind, right? Or the servant's heart. You you have to have that in not just podcasting, but in everything you do and good things come when, when you put value into the world and and you're not just in it for yourself, you're there to help others get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And if your message and and what you're bringing to them can help them get there, Mm -hmm. that's another feather in your cap, but some people do it for the notoriety or for the pat on the back. For me I would like to see people get to that next level and mm-hmm. to me that's what it's all about especially in this space.
0: Oh 100%. I love that. Now have you always been that mindset? Have you always been that in that kind of servant support mindset?
1: I have. I guess maybe it was labeled a little different in my younger years. I guess some people would call it people pleasing and maybe that's the wrong way to look at it. I I've always been somebody that's trying to do the right thing and bring, bring the right message to the world and everything that I do. And sometimes it would be so people would say, Oh, well that's who he is. But I've learned as I've gotten older, it doesn't matter. Mm -mm. Other people are thinking and what other people are saying. It's all about knowing that you're doing the right thing and you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think age brings a lot of wisdom and we learn a lot of things as we get older One of the big things I've learned is that my dad was right about a lot of the things that he told me when I was younger that I might have blown off or not put enough focus on. But as I've gotten older, I can look back and say, wow, the old man knew exactly what he was talking about. And I think that's a big part of it is coming at everything that you do rooted in value, Mm -hmm. thinking collaboratively, Mm -hmm. knowing that we can all eat, we can all gain something if we're willing to work together Mm -hmm. and not just try to make it all about ourselves.
0: Mm. And, and I, and I know this is not fluff. I mean, I've had enough conversations with you. I love it because like some people, some people will say those things and, and whatever, but Mm. you will definitely, that's like heart and I can feel it. And I like really do believe like uh, the rising tide can lift all ships, like all ships can rise and they might rise at different times. And you might put something out into the world that might come back years later and really uh, create an opportunity. So I love, love this piece of it. Tell us a little bit about how you got into podcasting, because we're going to talk about your podcast a little bit, but I want to talk about how you got there.
1: I did a radio show in college. I mean, to go way back on the timeline when I was in college, radio was something I thought I might end up pursuing because I had so much fun Mm -hmm. making that show. I mean, it wasn't like it went out to a massive audience. It was available on campus. And I think the antenna reached a few miles off campus because my mom told me they'd always play my show at her office every Friday. So I always thought that was pretty cool, but after school, I didn't. I, I looked at a couple potential positions, but nothing panned out. And then, fast forward like thirteen years, I'd never done anything with it. But podcasting started to become more of a thing. Mm-hmm. And me and my best friend had been kicking around some ideas, like let's start a podcast. We should do something. We always have things to talk about. Let's figure out how to make it into a podcast. But we couldn't land on anything that we really wanted to run with. And at that time, this was two thousand fifteen. I was. Working and I mean I had a full-time job that I lost unexpectedly, ironically, four days or five days before we recorded our very first podcast. The two are unrelated, but it just happened to happen in the same time frame. But when we were in that mindset of starting a show, I was in the beer industry doing this craft beer blog and I was doing advocacy trying to get the word spread about all of these great little breweries that were producing all this awesome beer because at that time i think more people were so focused on the miller lights and the bud lights of the world i felt like an additional voice to help push the message forward was helpful so i just started making connections with different bars that were putting these beers on tap and breweries that were producing them just to write and make some connections i didn't want any money for it i was just trying to build my name and build some credibility and in doing that i created an app an app that would connect pittsburgh where i'm located to all these different beer events and beer releases and ultimately just give people one central location to go to find what was going on and i ended up getting some partners from it the different locations that i built relationships with and the owners were excited to want to be a part of it and the day i launched the app i started getting trolled on twitter by this guy telling me how terrible it was and this is just stupid and i can't believe you're trying to do this and everything i was doing wrong and I looked at his profile because I'm wondering what, first of all, I didn't know what a troll was. (laughs) I Mm. learned that in the moment, but I wanted to know what this guy did. Why did he feel he had an opinion to throw at me? And he hosted a beer podcast. Uh. So I immediately called my friend and said, I found what we're going to do. We are going to do a beer podcast and we're going to do it better than that guy. And my friend's a big beer fan. He said, that sounds great. Let's do it. And I think that was the extent of our planning. We got some cheap mics and a soundboard. We set up to have our first recording in a noisy bar, and I didn't realize it, but it was also trivia night, so it made it even worse.
0: Oh wow!
1: And we didn't have any clue what we were doing, and we hit record, and we just started talking. All oh, and before we hit record, we said, "Ah, we'll talk about beer, but we'll also talk about sports." So we're not targeted whatsoever, mm-hmm. and we put this piece of garbage out on the internet and said we had a podcast. I was very quickly humbled. That I was nowhere near as good as the guy that I thought I was going to do better than. But what ended up happening in that moment was that I got this passion for audio back. Like it relit the fire. All that fun that I had in college, I knew I could do this again. And I knew podcasting was where I wanted to be. So that brought me in. And then it's just been a consistent evolution for the past eight years in in this podcasting world.
0: Mm, I love that. You know what? This I think I don't know who said the quote, and I, I reference it all the time. But if you are not embarrassed by your first version of something you've released, you waited too long. Like you waited too long That's to. It. We're, we all have our first versions, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's not about embarrassed. It's just the fact that this first version allows you to like get to here. So it's so important, even if you look at it and go wow, that is just not how I would do it now. But that's how you did it then. And you had to do those steps in order to get to here.
1: And you don't know what you don't know. No. And you have to take that first step. Mm-hmm. I I often talk about how as infants and and toddlers, babies don't come out ready to run a marathon.
0: You do know it's it.
1: very very tightly held. They need to learn certain things, and then all of a sudden they discover they can move, and they start to roll around and crawl, and then eventually pull themselves up and walk. And they fall, and they get up, and they fall again. And we all look at that as something that that's reality. This is how this child is going to learn how to walk. But when we get older, we're afraid to take those steps and fall down and potentially put something into the world that shows that we don't fully know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you. If you go back and listen to any podcaster, no matter where they're at with their show, if you go back and listen to episode one and then listen to where they are today, distinct difference because they have put in the time and they've been committed to getting better. Mm -hmm. And it just naturally happens because they're having more conversations. They're they're learning about communication skills and active listening and their skill set by default grows because they keep at it. They weren't afraid that that first episode was so bad. I'll never get past this. No, they were committed to becoming better at their craft. And that's an idea that needs to transcend podcasting with everything that you're doing. If you're not willing to get better at what you're doing by consistently practicing, it is going to be hard to grow and you'll end up stuck in neutral.
0: Oh, and I think that that is applicable for anyone, no matter what business you're in. Sure. But I definitely agree. Like when you are using your voice, you're here, solo episodes, having conversations, like you've got to learn how to, you've got to learn how to become better. And 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 it's okay. Cause I actually had somebody say not that long ago, they went back and actually listened to my first episode. And I actually went back and listened to it cause we just crossed 500. Um, and it's funny cause she said, I can't believe you left that out there. Like you've you've actually improved. And I laughed and I'm like, well, A, I'd hope so because we've done so many of them. And B, I will always leave that out there. I actually will always leave it out because I don't ever want to give the impression that, you know what, it started on episode one and it was perfect because it was not at all. I literally had like my phone and I didn't have a mic. I was just recording on it. And I didn't know what I didn't know. But I'm glad that I didn't, right? It was like, oh, I don't know. I guess that's how you do it. I don't know. It was very new then. So I think it's really important to put that work out there and do that messy action, but also you know, leave it out there so people can see that we all start somewhere.
1: I'll quote D.P. Knuton, who was on my podcast, and he was talking about the very first episode of Wine Library by Gary Vaynerchuk. And you think of how far Gary Vaynerchuk has come and how much content he puts into the world. And yes, he's got a massive team that's following him around and they put all this content together. So he has production value with everything he does now. But back when he did this first video, the thing that made me bust out laughing when DP said it is it looks like a proof of life video. (laughs) It's like he's being held hostage in some basement and they let him shoot this quick video just to show the world that he was still breathing. He's not wrong. Like there was, but that was the thing back then. He wasn't thinking about production quality. I've, I've heard him say,
0: I've heard him say it too. you
1: YouTube is becoming this thing. I want to be a part of it. He said he ran to Best Buy and got whatever camera they had. And he started recording himself. So no, the sound was bad. The picture was bad, but it was what it was. Yeah. And that's what you work with, but you can't expect to be the best podcast guest. You can't expect to be the best podcast host until you actually jump in the pool and start mm-hmm. swimming a little bit and learning some things and developing the skills over time and i think that's a plague that we have in the world today is everybody wants it instantaneously not willing oh. to put in the work to build a skill set that could really lead to big things
0: yeah you and i've had we've actually had discussions about this and i think that it's it's so true in the sense that you know we want results fast i think we're also we're, we're conditioned that, you know, if I want an answer, I ask Google, like, I, I I don't have to wait, I can get an answer.
1: Yeah,
0: And it's created this mindset that you don't have to put the work in, in order to create um, for something to happen. And it's just not true. It takes time and energy and rebranding, right? Like listening yeah. to how many times you might change your messaging. And I know I think that's just a, a powerful thing because that's literally what your podcast is. Is So share a little bit about what your podcast is and what does it mean to have an evolution of your brand?
1: For me, evolution of brand was really the amalgam of all of my podcast experience. I, I had put a lot of time after that first show into studying the medium and learning what to do in order to be the most effective host I could be. And effective guest as well. But mainly when I I took time off after we had started that first show and I just studied to learn about storytelling through this medium, how people were telling a good story on the microphone to the camera. And that was important to me because I knew this is where I wanted to be. But this is going to be a huge part of my evolution is putting in the time to really get analytical and grow my skill set in that capacity. So I had but I was working in the beer industry as I had said, and that had that had morphed into a lot more than it was when I initially told when the things initially started. And I had a beer podcast for a while, but once I got away from that industry, I came into this was in the pandemic. I had the idea I wanted to do two podcasts. One was Pod Theory, which is out there, and it's Something that I'm thinking about rebranding under my current brand podcast, Guesting Simplified. But that's a story for another day. And the other podcast was going to be called Forged by Failures. And I wanted to bring these stories of growth through falling down. And I really wanted to attack it from that angle. But as I started putting some planning into things, I was like, ah, it's name's okay, but maybe it's too... Debbie Downer maybe it's not going to be what really attracts people to the show so I was like yeah maybe they need a different name and then I started thinking about how people always say that entrepreneurs and people that are trying to take things to the next level on their own are wired differently and I've always said no they're wired perfectly mm. and I was like maybe that's the title of the show and then I started thinking like yeah but if somebody sees that maybe they're going to think this is a show about electronics or you know electricians getting together to talk about their craft. Nah. And then I started thinking about, well, how has this whole thing come together for me? And I started thinking, like, well, from when it first started to where I am now, it's been nothing but an evolution. It's been an evolution of my brand, and I started thinking, evolution of man, evolution of brand. Ooh, that's and that that hit me, and I was like, oh, I was like, there's one of those moments where like this is probably something that you love so much. The second you Google it, somebody's already done it, and no one had. I jumped on that domain and I'm running with this. I love this name. And it was designed to connect entrepreneurs and professionals with people that were looking to grow their brands and get to the next level, but needed that extra nudge, needed a little bit of insight, inspiration, and strategy to help them take that next step. And that was how the show came together. And just recently, I started shifting more towards personal brand development. I've had several conversations in the original or in the first 150 episodes. And I was a big fan of that content myself, but more so with what I do with helping people craft that authentic story and leverage it as a, you know, leverage it on podcasts to really bring their brand to life. Personal brand is at the heart of that. So I wanted to put more attention to it. So now all the episodes going forward are going to have a very strong personal brand theme to them. And again, for those that are looking to elevate what they're doing, there's a lot to learn on my podcast. So Mm I welcome anybody to come check it out.
0: Mm -hmm. And Tina, I love that. I I love this piece that many times people will say, I can't afford a coach. I can't do this. I'm like, okay, there are so many different podcasts and tools right. out there that you can like audiobooks, podcasts that you can listen to. You can become a student just from your phone. You literally can become a student just from your phone. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you're, um, that you're sharing this. The other question I have for you on this is, and I'm doing a marketing course right now, which has been just so fascinating to understand, what we thought branding was and what branding is. So I'm just curious for somebody who's listening that do you, does all, do all businesses have a brand or do you have to be a product based business in order to have a brand? No.
1: And and that to me, that's the beauty of personal brand. You yourself can be that brand that we, there's so many companies out there that do tremendous things but we associate that brand with the person behind it. Mm-hmm. I had mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk already. No one thinks of VaynerMedia, they think of Gary V. Yeah. Another big one, Sarah Blakely, who does who her company is Spanx. But typically, I mean maybe I'm maybe because I'm not female and have no need for the product, I when I think of that brand, I think of Sarah first. Yeah, it's because I have followed her. I I very she's a very big inspiration. I I think her story is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So there's so many brands built that way where your face is seen first, and that humanizes the whole story, and that can help people resonate with you. So you don't need to have a big brand that's a company brand. It, It can evolve into that. But if you are a person of expertise in a certain field and you start putting that message out there that you are a resource people can trust, they're going to learn from you. They're going to experience the transformation that they seek by following your guidance. That's going to establish your thought leadership. And by extension, put your personal brand on the map Mm -hmm. and make more people want to turn to you and see what you have to say, see what kind of value you can bring into their world. So I'm a huge proponent of personal brand first, because I feel there's so much to gain from establishing yourself as that thought leader, that when the time comes, perhaps your big brand does take off because of it, but many people are going to associate you and your face with that brand first.
0: Yeah, I love that you said this, because I still think this is something that is a misconception that is not um understood or not seen as important or valuable enough and i think that you know we think of if you've got a coaching business that you are that brand it's easier to see but whether it's that or a product or a service i think that you're still the face of that brand and you know one of the reasons when you look at like sarah Blakely is one of my favorite business stories and here's the thing i mean i don't own banks i don't even have them it doesn't matter but it's the fact that It's not about the Spanx. It's about, for me, it's the story behind how she created what she did. And so how can you let other people see your story and put Mm -hmm. that out there? Because that's the base of the brand.
1: 100%. And you think about stories and storytelling. This is something that has been around for generations and generations. And we learn so much about who we are today from stories of the past. Yeah. And how far we've come in as a family. I mean, you can go back as far as you want to. There's businesses built to help you track this ancestry back as far as you'd like. Yeah, It's pretty phenomenal. But at the core of it, it's these stories that keep us connected and, and, and help us learn exactly what we want to learn. And I think there's more to storytelling in, in brands that do it well than pretty much anything else i feel if you if you have a dialed in story and you can make those connections with people that's more powerful than a social media campaign Mm. in a lot of ways it could be even more powerful than a podcast which is that might sound like sacrilege coming from my mouth but it's true to me it's all about those stories because that's what people want to hear Mm -hmm. people love a good story because it's some so many times you can resonate with the characters in that story. When I talk about building a strong podcast, I look for podcasts or I look at podcasts that have good stories built within them, because this is the greatest stage for storytelling it, and it's huge. Yeah. And once you get people invested in your content, mm-hmm. that's what keeps them in place to listen to next week's show. And the week after that, and wh- however many you're doing per week, but more importantly, They start sharing it with others and telling people that I'm learning so much from this show. You need to check it out. And and that's how podcasters get that real tangible growth. It's it's through exponential growth. When one person turns to another and says, you need to listen, and then they do, you're off to the races. And now you get more and more people doing that, that's how you're going to grow. And that all comes from compelling content, which is typically delivered through a good story. Mm. And you think of the flip side of that. Who tunes into a podcast for a sales pitch or an infomercial? No, one. that's boring. No one listens to that. No one wants to hear that. But they'll tune in to hear good storytelling every time.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's so funny because it's like I, I didn't even realize like how much I love stories. I mean, it's literally all the things that I do. But how I used to be is that I would – Always drawn by people's stories and connect. I connected to them and, you know, the underdog and the person who worked through so much and who they really were at the core. So if somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, but I'm a terrible storyteller, I mean, I can't do that. What advice would you have for them?
1: Well, first off, I'd say you're not as bad as you think you are. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is that self-limiting belief that we put in front of ourselves. We, we create these obstacles so often that prevent us from taking action. I know a lot of people have still, oh, I don't want I don't, no one. I don't like my voice. I don't want to put that out there. I don't want to listen to myself. It's like, well, okay, you need to get that out of your head right now because no one is tuning into a podcast thinking, well, I'm going to turn this off if their voice sucks. <laughs> no, like they, they're, they would turn it off if you're not communicating in a way that resonates.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: And that's where having your story dialed in, is going to help you put some butts in the seats and keep them there. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you feel that you're not a good storyteller, I would re, I would rebut that argument with maybe we haven't dug deep enough to define your true story. And many people, and for a number of different reasons may not want to dig deep to unearth some of that story because maybe it was so traumatic mm-hmm. that they just don't want to relive it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the issue that you're facing there is you've got something in that story that it lit some sort of spark and now you're where you are. So you've clearly gotten beyond it and there is an audience of people out there that need that type of guidance and you could be the resource that gets them from that point that you were once in that totally sucked Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: where you are now and your authentic story could be exactly what they've been looking for. Because when they hear it, they resonate, they understand, they feel the emotion that you felt because it's in them as well. And when that story starts to come to life, and then it starts to take that ascent to where the hero is now reaching that point of climbing the mountain and they're almost there and they've made a lot of great changes and success is now in their grasp. It gives them hope. It gives that person hearing that story hope that they can get there too. Mm-hmm. And if you are the resource that's going to help them get there, you damn well better believe they're going to stay in your orbit so they can continue to be impacted by you and your story. So it's not so much about being in a mode of always telling stories like you sit in. like, I think my, my, me and my friends, my gosh, we used to sit around all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: still do. We'll start telling. I think usually we our big gathering every year is our fantasy football draft, and then we'll just sit around afterwards telling stories of the old days. And now it's amazing. I, I hear we can recount some of these memories with such accuracy. Yet we didn't know. We don't know what we had for dinner the night before. Oh. <laughs> and I think, but but that's when when these stories get ingrained inside of you. You can recall them because they were so important, even in the moment you may not thinking like long-term we're going to be talking about this 25 years later around a campfire, but that's often times what ends up happening. So you don't have to be in story mode like that mm-hmm. to truly have the impact that you need to bring to the world. You just need to position yourself as a person who's experienced something that you've grown from mm-hmm. and you're leveraging that to showcase to others that they can do the same.
0: Oh yeah, no, I love all the pieces of that. And this piece on you know sharing all those parts of the story and how you know they it can support someone else as they're as they're coming through it but it's also you know our stories are our most relatable part it's what like this is what connects us to each other even if we don't ever walk the same story walk the same path having very similar experiences you know, similar challenges, similar failure, similar growth. Um, we really can start to connect and build and share that. So I absolutely love everything that you just that you just shared. So now what do you do primarily? Cause I know you you don't just have your own podcast, you also help others with their podcasts.
1: More so with the guesting side. I mean my little business took off because I had a colleague reach out to me wanting to start a podcast and he asked me what am i in for what is this all about and me being me i wasn't going to sugarcoat it i wanted him to understand exactly what he was in for mm-hmm. so i gave him the full list and this is over the phone and it was a few minutes of me rattling off and then you need to do this and then you need to do this and blah 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 blah. and then by the time i got done i was in my own head saying i'm probably scaring the crap out of him he's yeah. not gonna want to start a podcast sure. now but that was my light bulb moment because when about five seconds of pause was ended, he goes, man, that is a lot more than I was anticipating. And I responded with exactly. And I think this is one of the main reasons why so many people walk away is they don't have this information on the front end. So what would you think about us partnering together? And I'll help you with a lot of that back end work and help you get this off the ground. And he's like, I love that idea. And that's really where it started because that it hit me there that, There are probably others that need this type of assistance as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: in doing that work for others, I started getting connected with podcast guesting agencies, which I didn't know. I did not know they existed. I had no clue. And it was because I was just never playing in that world to where I was getting reached out to to bring a person onto a show. And when it started happening, the first one I got, I thought was spam. I'm like, what is happening here? (laughs) Until I started digging into it and realizing this is legitimate. And then I started talking with those people about what they do. I mean, is this something you do? I'm like, oh, yeah, I go on shows all the time and tell my story and make these connections. Like, this is interesting. And Mm -hmm. then I started digging deeper, and I realized that there were a lot of people out there that were building their brands in this capacity, but maybe their stories weren't completely dialed in. But even more so, they really weren't maximizing what they could get as a podcast guest. So I developed a comprehensive training program that starts with defining the story, but really dives into the mastery of podcast guesting and understanding all of these elements that when you follow the sequence and you do each part with tremendous precision, you can get so much from this platform. But if you're trying to take shortcuts and treat it like a transaction and not respecting what the podcaster is trying to accomplish or leveraging the networking element that is really to me the most important part because you get to have these powerful conversations and start building relationships so the interview becomes a very beautiful byproduct mm-hmm. because this relationship that you start building with that podcaster could lead to a number of different things and all that could happen before the interview even goes live
0: mm-hmm. so
1: there's a lot to keep in mind so i felt that there was value in bringing a training to people that help them understand more about how to leverage this medium and once I get you prepared, I get the hell out of your way and let you get it out there and start doing your thing and, and, and telling your story and, and really experiencing all of the great rewards that powerful podcast guesting can bring you. So mm-hmm. that's really where I spend my time now. I do still have a couple of clients that I've been working with in regards to their actual shows, and I'm always available to offer consulting on how to make sure you're doing things right with your show. but. I keep my focus on the guesting side mostly these days.
0: Okay. So I love this piece and I appreciate you sharing this because I, you and I have actually had a very lengthy conversation about this, which is it's for another day, but (laughs) I would love for you to share what maybe one or a couple of the big mistakes that people make as a guest when they Mm -hmm. are trying to get on. To different shows, because I mean, in the beginning, I just said yes to everybody. And then it didn't take long until I was like, okay, this isn't working because this is my brand. So I can't, that yeah. it doesn't even have anything to do with what my show is at. So learning how to say no. But as from a guest perspective, what are some of the mistakes that people make when it comes to getting onto the right show?
1: It starts with the outreach. And I think a lot of people have subscribed to the process of spraying and praying and just throwing their list of accolades and their if they have a one sheet, maybe they don't, but it's just the same generic email they send it to every podcast within a hundred mile radius. Yeah. And they help a couple respond. Yeah. And that's not targeted. It's not quality. And I think we're if you're if you're thinking that it's quantity over quality, you're wrong because it's not so much about the number of podcasts you go on; it's about being on the right podcasts, the one that align the ones that align with your objectives, with what you want to accomplish. If you're you can go on any show in the world if you wanted to, but if it isn't resonating with the right people when your message gets out to an audience, that's not going to do anything and if you can't build a relationship with the person on the other side of the microphone because you aren't like-minded nothing can be gained there either so it's more about quality conversations and finding the right podcast for you so it starts with that that initial research or making sure that you are a good fit the next thing that i feel is equally as important is just it's not feeling like you're entitled to be a guest on that show because you've hit seven figures in earnings and you've written 10 books and you've got a Ferrari in the driveway and all these great things are happening. Accomplishments are great. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And I would never demean anybody that's reached those accomplishments. But when you're reaching out to bring your expertise to a podcast, you need to let that podcaster know why you feel their show is the right stage for you. What you found compelling about the content of their show. And the type of value that you can bring to that show. So it's not so much about the fact that you've hit seven figures of earnings because that can't be talked about for half an hour. Mm -hmm. That would get boring. It's all about how you got to that point. The analogy I use all the time as a huge football fan is it's not about the touchdown celebration. It's about the 99 because that's where the value is. That's what got you to that end result. That's the type of information that as a podcaster, when that comes my way, I can evaluate whether you truly are a good fit. Mm -hmm. So don't start your podcast presentation off with, I'm a perfect fit for your podcast because you don't know that. You can cite different elements of the podcast that you find valuable. Mm -hmm. You can tell them that you also work in that space and you feel like you have something to add to the conversation. And then you can go into what those additions would be, but you need to leave it in the podcasters court. They need to know if you're right for their show. And there's a lot you can do that. But if you're leading off with nothing more than me, 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 it's going to not, it's not for Yeah, first of all, it won't stand out. So it's going to blend in with a lot of those presentations. Ultimately, the biggest thing here is standing out. So you're, pitch your presentation gets considered. And in order to do that, make it about the podcaster and not about yourself. You'll have plenty of time to tell your story once you get on the podcast, but in order to get the ball rolling, you've got to stand out first. And I feel that's a great way to do it is making it about that podcaster and what they want to accomplish and how you can help them do it.
0: Mm, I'm so glad I asked that question. I'm so glad you shared because there might be an incredible, like you might have an incredible story that can give so much value, but if you lead the wrong way to connect, you might never even get a chance to share it. Like there might be people that I've said no to who had an incredible story that I could have, I that maybe would have been a great fit, but mm-hmm. everything about it screamed me, 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 and 10,000 accolades and all these pieces. And I'm like, what does that have to do with the show? Like, I don't even understand yeah. And so it's it's I'm I'm glad you said that because podcasting is a beautiful medium to connect and to meet other people and like you're getting in front of brand new audiences which is awesome but if you don't set up that connection in the beginning you might never even get the chance to be on the show.
1: Absolutely right. I've said that before each mm-hmm. side could end up costing or losing opportunities yeah. because of a bad presentation and that could be just because Marsha, you know, and I will anybody that doesn't know that isn't a podcaster, we get inundated (sighs) with requests. Some of them good, some of them really, really bad, some of them okay. But more than likely, what we end up doing is just having them in this big lump. And we've got to find a few because there's only so many shows that we're producing. So we got to make sure that we're finding the right person to feature so we can have a great conversation and continue to push our message forward. Mm -hmm. So, of all of the presentations that come in, which one are you which ones are we going to consider the ones that stand out the ones yeah. that te- the ones that tell me this is what i can expect when i bring this person on my show
0: mm-hmm. and
1: again i think it, a, a lot of it just comes down to it, it sometimes i just i don't think it's intentional but i think a lot of people are still in that mindset of highlight reel mm-hmm. and this is my highlight reel in written form and mm-hmm. that's going to get the job done and it's not especially as more people start to enter into this space and are leveraging the podcast medium, you have to stand out. And that's why I I preach this entire process from start to finish. It starts with that initial research and correspondence all the way up to when the podcast episode goes live and then beyond that. Because hopefully by that point, you've already established a relationship with this person and you've built on some things now that the episode's live. You can continue to build on that. But now you've also got this great piece of content out there that's serving you as more listeners find it. Mm -hmm. So it's incredibly important to respect the whole process and not just try to take an element here and an element there. Because if you miss some things along the way, you're costing yourself opportunities.
0: I love how you've shared this. and. You highlight something different than what other podcasters have done. And I I think it's really important is it is a whole process, right? It's a relationship that you're building all the way through and be willing. If you are a person wanting to be a guest, be willing to go the extra mile, like a lot, sorry, is you're going to have to go the extra, like write the review, listen to a few episodes, reference an episode when you reach out and connect with them. Like those things, they cemented me. And yeah, there are times lately where I'm like ne- a good problem to have, but I'm also like overwhelmed sometimes. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't with this yeah. emails and the messages. And and so when there's a lot coming through, it, the ones that stand out are the ones I remember. It's just, it's that simple. So if you can go an extra mile that's going to make a big difference, and it is never. I love you, but it is never about you. It is about like who, how can your story support the listeners and the audience? It's hands down.
1: And I'll add this because you're you're dead on, Marsha. But I will add this as well. There are several steps in the process. Not that hard. No, I've I've simplified it down to three steps that I cover, mm-hmm. and it's really all about the story the relationship building and the guesting mastery. That's it. Like once you get these items down and you figure out that these little pieces aren't difficult to accomplish, Mm -hmm. this becomes a very viable marketing platform for you. And it could be your primary brand building initiative. I firmly believe that if you take advantage of everything that this platform offers you, it serves as the plat. Maybe I, I only platform might be, Speaking way out of turn, but it can bring so many results if you appreciate what it can do for you and focus on each item individually. Like you said, leaving a review, that is the first thing I do whenever I hit the end button when I'm doing these recording sessions. very first thing I do. You know how long it takes me one minute Mm -hmm. because I'm fresh off the conversation. And I know exactly what I want to say. I have a feel for what your show is about, and I'm going to put that in my review. So when people find it and they see that review, they know what they're in store for. Mm -hmm. That does not take time. It doesn't take much longer to send somebody a quick message the day after just to say thank you, whether you do it through a quick video like a loom or you just send an email or DM. But to say thank you for allowing me to connect with you. This has been great. These are small little steps that so many podcast guests don't do. And the reason why I know that is because I don't get that type of interaction on my end. When I do, it stands out. Mm -hmm. And now I want more people to think that way because, again, this is not just about making a podcast. It's not about making this audio recording. It's this relationship that could build into a number of different things. But you have to nurture that relationship and be a human being. And that strong communication is going to help you do so. But again, not knowing all the steps in the process could lead you to miss. And mm-hmm. that's why I put this training together, because I want everybody to understand from A to Z, this is what it takes to truly stand out.
0: And I want to make sure that everybody knows how to reach and connect to you. Because the one thing I do want to say is I think I think I just counted the other day. I think we... I I've been on 50 episodes outside of my own show since probably September, October. Mm-hmm. And I think you're the only one I got an email from afterwards, just the way it's been set up and done. And if I if, if if it's not just you, there might be one other person, but I'm pretty sure it's just you. And so you do know how to build that connection and relationship. And like whether I engage with an email or not, it's the fact that you've done it and you're doing it. Right. To build that, right? And so if you're a listener, and you want to be learn how to become a guest on shows, honestly, I would strongly recommend connecting listening to Jason's podcast, but also looking um, at his resources, because podcasting is an incredible platform to be able to build connections with people that you might not ever have connections with. And I, um, have been very active on social media for, I mean, solid nine, almost 10 years, fairly active, but the doors that podcasting has opened are unlike anything I've seen on social media. I had a call today with a man who, and I just want to share this quickly. Cause I think that you'll, um, appreciate this, but a man who reached out and asked me to be a guest on his show. He's from Israel. He found a transcript of my podcast. I was a guest on someone's show three years ago. Wow. A transcript of it. He was like, I know I'm a really small show, but I love his mission and what he's doing. And he's like, if you could, you know, would you like to? And I'm like, I would absolutely love to. I love how he handled the whole thing. Like, he handled it like a pro, and he's so brand new, and I loved it. But that is the medium, like that's the connection from three years ago from one single episode when I was on someone else's show. Mm-hmm. So your content lives on in such incredible ways. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow I have a conversation with somebody from Hungary. So I'm just saying this little like little, t- little city in Ontario, Canada here, that podcasting will can take you so much further than just some social media posts. So learning how to do it, I would strongly um encourage people to connect with you and learn more. And speaking of that, what's the best way to do that?
1: Join me at podcast And that's where I would say the first step is to set up a free discovery session with me, because I feel there's so much more that can be learned in a quick 30 minute conversation that we're ever going to discover about one another through mm-hmm. texting or email or anything of that nature. So I, I'm open to speaking with leaders who are truly looking to make an impact and dial in that story. And like I said, learning the ins and outs of proper communication through the podcast medium, not just in how you speak when the mic gets hot, but everything you're doing surrounding it, that's what's going to make an impact and that's what's going to stand out. So podcastguestingsimplified.com is where you can join me, set up a session and we'll take it from there.
0: Awesome, Amazing. I have loved this conversation. You know, you and I can talk for a very long time, but I think it's very powerful <laughs> in everything that you're doing. And the, we all know, like, podcasting is not oversaturated. Like, there's so much room. It's I think it's like 3% make it over episode 21. Did I say oh, yeah. that right? I think it's 3%. So it's oh. like 3 million podcasts have started, but only 280,000 are still going.
1: It's crazy. I was doing some research last night looking for some shows and I just got into this rut. Like it got towards the bottom and I was still looking, and it was 2019, 2018, 2020, were the last time that they had produced an episode. One was I'm the one with many had just put out one episode. And it's it's sad. And I think that's where I'm hoping voices like mine. Voices like yours, Marsha, that are so Mm pro-podcasting are going to start to deliver this new mindset to aspiring podcasters, that they understand this is a commitment. If you truly want to gain traction in this space, you have to be committed to building something and putting in the time to do it. There are no instant successes. Even the most successful podcasts in the world started at episode one Mm -hmm. and they built over time. If you're not willing to do that, you should probably go a different direction, which many people probably realized after starting episode one, or maybe it was around episode seven or eight. But be committed to your project, be committed to putting something special and valuable into the world, and do not look at your analytics for six months at a minimum, because that will throw you off your game before you were ever on course for a breakthrough. Because we get fixated on download metrics, and when that that happens, those numbers will kill you. They are not important, especially when you're first getting started. And again, it's not just about the podcast itself. It's treating this platform as a networking and connection vehicle. Mm -hmm. When you do that, it becomes so much more than just podcast content. And that's what life's all about.
0: I love it. And it's, it's so interesting because I've, I've tracked some metrics just for, for myself over the last like four years. And, but I never let myself get caught up in them because I look at it and it's like, you know, I, I celebrated 10 downloads. I celebrated a hundred downloads. Like mm-hmm. I, like I literally celebrated, I didn't look at it and go, it's really only a hundred. Like I celebrated I did because I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I don't know who you are. This is amazing. Yeah. And so metrics can be a way to see progress, but they can't, if you're only doing it for metrics and if you're only doing it for dollars, it honestly is not the way to go. You won't, you yeah. won't last in podcasting.
1: No, especially if you're not committed to keep going because those dollars will follow. And that's the thing. It, it takes time. And that's, I'll never forget this clubhouse room that I was on a panel for once. I think there was three or four of us and somebody came in and said, yeah, I just released my third episode. So I'm ready to monetize. What do I need to do? And I don't know how I felt. I fell last on the pecking order to answer this question, but I'm glad I did because the first three started giving them all these great ideas Mm -hmm. of this is what you need to do. And then it got to me like, Jason, what do you want to add to this? And I said, well, let me go the other way with it. Don't listen to anything you've just heard in the last five minutes and pump the brakes. Yeah. Like, how do you think you're ready to monetize your podcast with three episodes? Mm-hmm. Are you good at this? Have you proven that you're going to be a lot around past episode four? There's got to be a, a foundation underneath you mm-hmm. that will allow you to continue to build a sturdy building. That isn't accomplished in three episodes. I'm sorry. Now you may have gotten some tips here today that could be useful, but overall you need to keep focusing on your craft, getting better at this and staying consistent mm. that if you continue to focus on those items, the money's going to fall into place and you're going to have more opportunities to make actual dollars, not pennies on the dollar. Because what are you, you're, I guarantee if you're new, your audience isn't big enough to have advertising pumped into it because you're only going to make pennies on the dollar from that and potentially turn listeners off if your podcast is riddled with ads and that that's absurd? where it's it's how it is and i think many people are just so quick to want to get to that monetization point and it's not a focus on building a skill set and building some notoriety like i said when i had launched that blog back in 2014 was when the blog went live. I knew I wasn't going to just be able to run into these places and ask for money. No one knew who the hell I was. Mm -hmm. No one knew what I was trying to accomplish. I just wanted to make some relationships and, and give them some extra press. That was my goal. And that's how I built it. And I had a monetization angle in mind, but that ended up being the app, but I knew I wasn't going to do that until I had some solid relationships. And I proved that, I was there for them. And that's how your podcast audience is going to look at your show. If they know you are consistently going to bring them one episode a week, two episodes a week, they can work your show into the activity that they do when your show goes live. So that they're at the gym on a Thursday morning and your new episode came out, they can listen to that show, do their workout and know you're there in their ear. That's what gets them invested. And then that leads to the recommendability. But if you don't prove to them that you're going to be there as a consistent part of their life, they don't have any reason to help you grow and therefore you don't grow. Mm. And that becomes harder and harder to get to a point where you'd like to monetize. So you have to think about this strategically and not just think, well, I've got a show now I'm entitled to a payday.
0: It's <laughs> I'm only really laughing because it, it hits home for me so much. And I've had many people say like, how soon can I start to monetize? I'm like, you haven't even yeah. started yet. Like it just, So it, if that's your focus, again, this would not be something that I recommend. It's very much a long game. It can change and open up a lot of ways, but it's been very interesting because we've really been exploring a lot of different ways with monetizing. And it is going to come down to community, building the community piece, mm-hmm. not the ad. And I don't I don't know about you, but like there's unless you are somebody we were listening to, and I I mean I think this podcast is funny, but it's I wouldn't always say there's value to it, is um Smartless. We listen to it's Jason Bateman and it's a but it's like ads, ads, ads. And yeah. my husband and I got talking about it and joking. And he said, you know, like they probably started like with ads from the very beginning. I'm like, they probably made money from the second the show started. Yeah. Is there value there? Yeah, it I wouldn't say it's I think it's entertaining, but You know, I also have to sit it so that I'm like passing through ads on a regular basis. And so there's lots of different ways to do it. I just want to share that because, but if monetizing is your number one goal, then I don't know if that's the platform for you.
1: Well, and ads are based on audience size. You're getting paid. I mean, I I might fumble this because I'm I'm not an expert. I don't focus on this. I'm not a big ad guy. I believe it's cost. You get paid per thousand downloads that you have. So if you're a celebrity, more than likely, you're going to start with a sizable audience to where advertising is going to make some sense.
0: From the beginning. Yeah.
1: From the beginning. Exactly. Like your husband had said, Jason Bateman, probably he's got a following. They're going to tune into his podcast. So he's going to get those numbers that will give him something in regards to revenue. Yeah. Somebody starting fresh with a podcast that is not a celebrity isn't going to have enough listeners in the beginning Mm -hmm. To justify getting a few cents in return. Yeah. So you have to think about that and think more about your message because your message could lead to monetization. Because Mm -hmm. if you're putting powerful content in front of somebody and it's helping them solve a problem, they may call you and say, what else you got for me? And then maybe you have a course or you have a service or a product or coaching, whatever, but you could work with them and monetize your show that way. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about running ads. I mean. My big one was talking Sopranos. I'm that that is my favorite show, and that, when I discovered that podcast, I binged the hell out of it. And I was because they would have ad blocks of like over five minutes, and they were doing these live reads. And even though they, it was, they were trying to be entertained with. I'm like, I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. need to hear this every week, and I'm hitting the button, fast forwarding five, six minute blocks to get back to the content of the show. Yeah. So. I get that podcast advertising works. I mean, there are statistics that show that people will make purchasing decisions based on content they hear in a podcast and ads. I have done that. I bought my dad an awesome Omaha Steaks Father's Day gift, and I heard about the special they were running on a podcast. Timing was perfect. He loved it. It all worked out. So there is power in it. But again, if you're not in that mode, especially if you listen to the first few seconds of the ad and you're like, yeah, I don't need Mm -hmm. Omaha Steaks today. I'm fast forwarding. But the point we're driving at here, I feel like you get incredibly long winded with this is if your show is riddled with ads because you're trying to monetize way too soon, you run the risk of never getting to a point to where those ads pay off because people get turned off because your show is nothing but ads.
0: So great. I so agree. I love this conversation. I really, really do. Um, I will respect your time and I thank you for everything that you've shared. I'll make sure everything is in the show notes because I, again, I really do believe that power of podcasting as a guest is a great way to continue to grow your own message and your story and your brand and done the right way. So I want to make sure that people will be able to find you easily connect and follow And I have one more question for you. And it is what lesson in life are you most grateful for?
1: There was a time, uh, I think I was a senior in high school and we were home and got a call that my dad was in a car accident. And of course, we're like, oh crap, like what, what's happening? And they of course said he's fine, but he was, you know, at the hospital and he, we had to go get him. And we got to the hospital and he was good. He was up on his feet. Everything was, fine. it was almost like nothing had happened. And so he told us the story. And when he got ran off the road, he blacked out for about a minute. It wasn't, that wasn't what caused it. He got ran off the road by a car. And I guess, I don't know if it was whether he got knocked unconscious or whatever. He said, there was about a minute where I just was out. And he said, you know, in that moment, he was thinking death. And where he, he just said this to me for whatever reason, but he uses, I'll tell you one thing, never feared death. Those words have stuck with me since he said that, because it's one of like, when I thought about that more, as I was processing it on the way home, I was thinking about the fact that this is inevitable. It's going to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cost myself opportunities and chances at, Something that could truly make me happy while I'm here because I'm fearing the inevitable. And I think not even necessarily trying to impart that fatherly wisdom, he did it in a very profound way. And that's been advice that I've carried with me since that day. And when the time's right, I'll pass that on to my daughter Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: I feel there's so much in those three words that will help you suck the most out of life and enjoy what you have while you have it.
0: Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Honestly, I love, I appreciate you sharing that story with us because it's true, right? Like, can we live our life with no regrets and be as present and focus and here with every single conversation that we're having and everything that is available for us. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you, So much for being here today, Jason. I've loved this conversation with you.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Marsha. It's been a great time as always when I connect with you.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.